Life support is nominal. The oxygen danger indicator level is yellow. Please remember that this is a non-smoking pirate ship. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to GameIndustry.com's The Gin Lounge. This week, we are going to be celebrating the games of the year, or at least the nominations, as decided by about 50,000 of our readers. An exciting time and some really, really good games this year. I think you'll be impressed. And joining me in the lounge today is Todd Hargosh and Neil Sitejovic. Uh Welcome, guys, to the lounge today. Appreciate you all popping in to talk about these awesome games Thank of you. the year. So, uh, starting out, we've got, um, of course, the, uh, the games of the year are they're right there. They're listed in the, um, in the industry happenings, uh, and the voting is going on right now. So everybody who, uh, is a subscriber to our free newsletter can vote. Uh, so basically, you know, you guys are the academy and, uh, it's, it's totally up to you who wins. I know Todd, uh, in some years, you've been a little disappointed because the ones it kind of uh, we kind of take the power away from the editors and give it to our readers. I know some years you've been like, oh, what are they doing? They're voting for something that I didn't want to win, right? <laughs> yeah, surprisingly, I'm looking at the list this year, and there, I mean, there are some that they're make they're questioning. I'm questioning, but actually, in in my case, they actually turn out good. No, oh, well, good. Well, I'm definitely I'm definitely glad to hear it. Let's let's look at the um let's look at the list. Uh, we won't we won't go into uh, we won't go into every category, um because there's there's a lot of categories. We do it by um we we do it by category. For example, like best adventure game or best online only game or best puzzle game, and then we also have the the best uh, like the best game that came out on the 360 this year or the best game that came out on the PlayStation 3 this year, uh, and then of course the overall game of the year. We we don't do a nomination for that. I think we're also kind of unique in that it's that uh, anybody can win. So sometimes it's it's kind of rare. I, I think I mentioned it in the um, in the news release. It's that you know we don't really know what's going to win. Is it going to be something like Skyrim? or Batman Arkham Asylum, which was nominated in multiple categories, or is it going to be something completely different? You know, I mean, like Kelly mentioned during that one show, you know, Minecraft is still in yeah. play. <laughs> so, um, so who knows? But let's, let's zero in on one of the categories. Um, I want to zero in on the, the family game category, because that's a, that's a popular category among our readers. And the, um, the top five there are Adam's Venture 2, Solomon's Secret, and that was a uh, sort of a family shooter. It was a shooter interface, but it was there wasn't any violence in the game, so it was kind of interesting. And then we have Rocksmith, which teaches you how to play guitar. And then there was Sesame Street: Once Upon a Monster, which was a Kinect game, which uh, I'll let Todd you talk about in a minute. <laughs> then there was uh, Skylanders: Spyro's Adventure, uh, which was that neat, real neat interface where you had the um, you had the statues of the different um, creatures, and you put them on a like a gateway. And they warp into the game. And it's cross-platform, so it worked on the Wii, the PS3, the uh, the Xbox. You could take your Xbox 360 figure and take it over to your friend's house who had a Wii and plug it right into the gateway, and it would work. So that was kind of revolutionary. And then we had Wildlife Park Kite. Wildlife Park Tycoon, which was a, a zoo simulation, and uh, one of, I've seen a lot of zoo simulations over the years, and that was one of the best. It really got into the the care and feeding of the animals, and and also the the business, because most zoos, if you, if you're not in Washington D.C., have to make money, so um, <laughs> you know they have to do a lot of things like sell hot dogs and balloons and things like that. So it was kind of interesting to see how how that goes. Now, Todd, what do you, what do you think about the the family game category? I mean, it seems like at least three of them 
uh, of the five were sort of their strength was kind of based on a peripheral. Pretty much, really. yeah. I mean, uh, when I did my review of uh, Sesame Street, Once Upon a Monster, a review, I'm still getting a lot of heat for 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 <laughs> playing a game designed for for early childhood. <laughs> but I mean, I looked at the game and I realized when when Kelly and I reviewed the Connect before. We said how the right. how the system has a lot of potential to um, provide new ways of learning in the connect. I mean, the uh, what they do with Sesame Street Once Upon a Monster is the interaction between your, you and the um, and the monsters that are on screen. I mean, it's mm-hmm. very good for uh, teaching little kids uh, simple life lessons, something you wouldn't mm-hmm. be able to do with a normal controller. And now right. I see that they're releasing a version of Connect for Windows, so it'll mm-hmm. work out better for. Um, for the PC market when that comes out. It'll be good to see games like Once Upon a Monster come out to teach kids in more ways than one and have fun while doing it. That's really cool. And I think, I I mean, assuming the Kinect comes out for the PC and is, you know, fairly seamless, um, a game like Once Upon a Monster could jump very easily to the PC. I could see it happening. Yeah, and I I think a um, a lot of parents probably... There's probably more. I mean, I don't know what the install base is, but I mean, I'm I'm sure there's a lot more parents that have PCs than parents that have you yeah. know Xbox 360s. So yeah, that'd be definitely a cool thing to see. So good luck to those to those uh, ones. Um, I want to move to uh, the strategy genre, and Neil, that's where I'm gonna I'm gonna bring you in on that because a lot of these you looked at. I know I reviewed uh, Hegemon the Gold, which was uh, an interesting ancient war ancient Greek type thing, and it it was very well done. But a lot of these, uh, Making History 2 and Real Warfare 2, and I think even Warflow, uh, were, were played by you, if not reviewed by you. What, what do you think about the, the ones that are in the strategy category, Neil? Well, the uh, strategy, strategy uh, group here is actually a really tough one. I like uh, some of the innovation. Uh, Fate of the World really forces you to focus on the state of the global, uh, you know, the global temperatures and global warming, uh, global disasters. It really makes you think hard about how to fix these and how to prevent these while keeping people happy. While mm-hmm. uh, the uh, Real Warfare 2, it really introduced an RPG element, which is kind of odd seeing... Like Normally some RTSs have that role-playing element to it. Uh, Real Warfare 2, though, really kind of pu- pushed that RPG genre into it. To really give a whole different experience. Yeah, and you you didn't you didn't necessarily you know reading your review you didn't necessarily like it. Now was that do you think that it wasn't well done or do you think that it was you know just kind of like you're not used to warm bath water and you're just kind of putting your toes in it for the first time? <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think the amount of RPG they put into it 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 combats the RTS. It's because I mean I I was doing good. I was winning my battles. Wasn't taking very many losses. Yet, at the same time, my general wasn't leveled up enough for me to actually get more soldiers. So I kept hit running into conflict after conflict after conflict where it didn't matter if I won the battle or not. It mattered that I didn't gain enough experience from the battle. Oh, okay. I could see where that would be annoying, especially to someone who's, you know, looking at a hardcore, for an hardcore RTS experience. So that that does make sense, and that's a, that's a good criticism. I, I, obviously, enough people liked it to, to nominate it, so we'll we'll see how it goes. Now, Neil mentioned RPG, Todd, and this was kind of like the year of the RPG. I mean, it was every, everything. And looking at the RPG category, we've got uh, Avadon the Black Fortress, which was an independent 
sort of old school, we're talking really old school RPG, you know, top down interface, heavy on the stats, that type of thing. Uh, you know, the kind we used to play like, you know, in middle school with the lights mm-hmm. down low and on your computer. And then there was uh, Deus Ex Human Revolution, which is kind of a mix. That's that was a shooter slash RPG. Um, and then there's Dragon Age 2, which I know you didn't like, but a lot of people did. And then, of course, there's Skyrim, <laughs> which, <laughs> you know, we, which everyone pretty much loved. And then, you know, and then this is kind of interesting, too. The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. I mean, when is the last time that an exclusive Wii title has been on the RPG category? I mean, what do you what do you think is going on there? <laughs> well, you know, I haven't didn't play Skyward Sword. I know a lot of people who have and they loved it. It's fun. Mm-hmm. They said, finally, it's a Wii game that that is worth playing, worth owning a Wii for. I mean, eventually mm-hmm, with the mm-hmm. transition between the Wii and the Wii U, I mean, something had to come out to satisfy the Wii owners. To get it away from the, to get it away from the sort of, you know, the, the they've sort of gotten a reputation for being sort of the right. kids' console. No, and, no, but, you know, and this is game. Well, except the rule about Nintendo is it with the Wii, the, the first party games were always the good ones, and the third party mm-hmm. ones were usually junk. And this is an example mm-hmm. of that because Skyward Sword is phenomenal from what I've seen. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you think about what do you think about uh, Deus Ex being on on that list? I mean, I know. I mean, let's not get into you know, is it a shooter or is it an RPG? Let's let's assume that it belongs in the RPG category. Um, do you think that it deserves to be there with, I think the, it does. with the other four? I mean, like I said, the elements of uh, developing your character to whatever whatever um, comfort level you want to be in. Deus Ex has always been known for that. I mean, the first mm-hmm. game was. I mean, it was legendary in terms of uh, being able to develop your character if you want to be a, if you want to be like a soldier, if you want to just uh, sneak all over the place, develop your development mm-hmm. to your, as I said, your comfort level, and it it was phenomenal. Yeah, and then this one, uh, you know, this one almost takes that to the extreme because I mean, I know I know your history with yeah. that game because I loved it. I when it came out, I said this is going to be game of the year because I love the environment, the atmosphere. I mean, I was in awe the first time I went to my apartment and those like Blade Runner shutters opened, yeah. you know, and it's like wow, that this is yeah. awesome. Um, but I know you struggled with it, and I think it was because. I, I don't know. I think you weren't you weren't developing your character. I think well, basically, I think the game kind of wants you to have a stealth build for the most part, and I think that you were kind of like going away from that a little bit. Because I remember you were in the cop right. station, and you were like, you're like, I'm gonna quit. Yeah. This game sucks. And I'm like, dude, hang yeah, with I it. It's really good. My, and... Of course, at that time, my hacker wasn't high enough to go down through the basement and get out. And the only way is mm-hmm. to go through that that damn office. And that one guy in the corner mm-hmm. kept seeing me. And I was just like, okay, screw this. I'm just going to gun them all down. I hope it doesn't ruin my reputation for the rest of the game. Thankfully, it didn't, because <laughs> when I went to, uh, I forget, where was it, Hong Kong? Then mm-hmm. the game really started to get good. And I started right, to appreciate right. it a lot more. Yeah, that was probably the best part. In fact, I, the one the one thing I was disappointed, because um, it did, the, the, the DLC for that did make it to the best DLC or expansion pack um, section, the missing link. But the one thing that I was really disappointed on on the DLC was I, that Hong Kong level was pretty epic and I wanted the DLC to take me to another city like that. You know, I, I wanted to be able to explore and I just, it was just so cool. There was like, there was apartments on different levels and there was like, it was, it was a vertical city and a horizontal city. Like you could climb up to the roofs and there was like adventure up yeah. on the top. And, and you know, it was really interesting how, how they did that. Yeah, it, I mean, it was, it turned me around. I mean, like I said, originally wanted to hate the game and, eventually put mm-hmm. it on my bottom list and it turned right. out to be pretty good and i mean i saw all all the endings from it i uh, mm-hmm. went through it several times with all the upgrades and everything and I, I just had a lot of fun with the game 
It was cool. Well, talking about the environment, let's let's skip to the environment category. And uh, uh, the environment category, we have Assassin's Creed Revelations, uh, Batman Arkham City, uh, Dead Island, uh, Deus Ex again, and, of course, Skyrim again uh, in the environment. All of those games have pretty revolutionary environments. Um, Neil, uh, did you did you catch any of those? I, I know you were thinking about playing Dead Island. I don't know if you ever got around to it or not. Uh, yeah, actually, I did manage to uh, hit up Dead Island as well as Skyrim. Okay. Well, what did, what did you think about uh, those two games in in terms of the environment? I I played both of them too, and I I like Dead Island. I thought Dead Island was was kind of neat with the sort of I thought it was cool because zom- the zombie genre. If I mean, if you play games like Left 4 Dead and stuff like that, it's always like really dark. It's creepy. You're in a cemetery or an abandoned warehouse or something like that. And I thought Dead Island was funny because you're in the, like this tropical paradise, but there's zombies <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I love both of them. Skyrim, of course, that's self-explanatory. Great graphics, gigantic world. You can't walk all the way through it on foot. I've tried. It's not that fun. Dead, Dead Island <laughs> has the same thing uh, as Condemned Criminal Origins and games like that have that I love, which is, okay, you need to defend yourself. Here, why don't we just pry something off the environment and kill a zombie with it? I, I love versatility mm-hmm. in the environment, and Dead Island has that. Okay, very good. Well, those would be some interesting choices. We'll see how people people go with that. Um, brand new category this year is uh, best original score. This is for the music stuff that we try to uh, we try to look at. And the um, the people in that category are uh, Batman, Arkham City, uh, Deus Ex: Human Revolution, L.A. Noir, uh, Star Wars: The Old Republic, and The Elder Scrolls: uh, Skyrim. Uh, Todd, any of those games uh, leap out at you as having uh, good soundtracks? Well. When it comes to soundtracks, I also consider like the uh, voice acting, and you know Absolutely. I said you Absolutely. know what I say about Batman Arkham City. You, uh, uh, the, the I'm sorry, that, Todd, I forget. I think the cast of it. You hated Harley uh, Quinn. Harley Quinn was a weak really... spot, but that's that's because <laughs> of what the reason why I liked it normally, because it's the original mm-hmm. animated series cast, and of course mm-hmm. this being Mark Hamill's final performance as the Joker, and he went out with mm-hmm. a with a bang on that one, and then mm-hmm. of course we got Skyrim. I mean, of course, they have the, uh, the epic uh, Elder Scrolls theme that they have in every game, but the uh, Nordic chanting on it makes it even better. As yeah, the Nordic chanting. You know, it's funny you you, you bring the game up at least uh, on the PC, and you just have the title screen and it's really quiet, and you have to wait like mm-hmm. about fifteen seconds before you start right. hearing the voice. So, but if you stay on that title screen and you really hear that Nordic choir, it's pretty mm-hmm. amazing. Even and even the voice <laughs> acting for that, even because. I mean, although I am a fan of Wes Johnson's work, uh, I've spoke with him on occasion, both with, during Caps games and during during uh, Elder Scrolls events, uh, because mm-hmm. he was known for playing all the Imperial voices in, in Oblivion. And right. now they have more people uh, portraying their roles. I mean, it's good to see him come back as Shea Gorath, which is... Which well, sure, sure, but it... it... Which is... Well, I was just saying, it is nice that there's more than four mm-hmm. voices in the freaking game. Yeah, and Linda Linda Car- Linda Carter isn't every single orc you run across. Yep. <laughs> but no, they they really went all above and beyond with Skyrim. I know. I know we're gonna talk about it more. We always do. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think um, you know it's interesting. So then, um, of course, the Star Wars game uh, just came out. I mean, it came out just in time to be in in, in this year's uh, consideration, and it's got that. You know that John Williams back theme. I mean, it's just the Star Wars movies has an amazing soundtrack, and Star Wars: The Old Republic also has an amazing soundtrack. A lot of it, some of it is from the movies, but but there is some original stuff in the in the there, and it sounds really good. And then L.A. Noir. Um, I don't I don't know that one was uh it was interesting, but I I don't think 
I mean, I, I don't know. Did you listen to the radio station a lot while you played? I mean, it wasn't like it wasn't like a Grand oh. Theft Auto title where you sit all day and switch. I mean, there was only one radio. Right. Station, yeah, I didn't really pay right? attention to that. It was more of the uh, of the acting, mm-hmm. which of course, both yeah. physically well, and vocally, was just amazing. Uh, what, what about you, Neil? Any any of those uh, stand out for you in terms of the um, in terms of the sound of the original score? Uh, I'm going to uh, go with uh, Todd on this, and just Skyrim's the only game I really played out of there, but. It had great music in the background. All the sound effects were good. Uh, just all the music blended nicely, and it, especially when you got to the battle and it starts speeding up, it was all really well put together. Right. Okay. Uh, now, Todd, uh, you know, I'm just going to mention the best Apple slash iOS game because we reviewed a lot of iOS games this year. Uh, so the the ones for uh, the iOS are Avadon the Black Fortress makes another appearance, uh, Pep the Dragon, Shadowgun, uh, which was really revolutionary in terms of the graphics uh, on, on what the Apple, what the iPad could do. Uh, and then the Dark Meadow. Which was a scary game, which is kind of interesting to think that somebody's sitting there holding their iPad and they're getting scared while they're playing. But apparently the Dark Meadow did that fairly well. And then When, when Pigs Fly, which was a really, really cute game where you're trying to fly with this pig. And uh, I I actually really liked that one. I, that was probably one of, one of my favorites. But interesting thing about you, Todd, is that you've kind of gotten away from iOS gaming a little right, bit, uh, right? Pretty much when I uh, converted over to Android. I mean, I still play games on my iPod Touch, but not as much anymore. But the one mm-hmm. that interests me on that list is Shadowgun. I mean, mm-hmm. the reason is because I just recently became the owner of a brand new Asus Transformer Prime tablet, which is the first mm-hmm. Android device to feature the um, the quad core Tegra 3 processor. And Shadowgun um, is one of the games that's designed to be, to be Tegra 3 optimized. And I want to um, see how okay. that turns out if it can be played well on a on a tablet. Not to mention to be able to play with either an Xbox or a PlayStation controller, which I've heard my tablet can do. Oh, that'll be neat. That'll, that'll, that'll so you have to like find some way to prop it up, like you know, put some books around it or something. I mean, just get a stand, <laughs> or um, or that tablet comes with a detachable keyboard. Oh, uh, okay, into a, okay. Pretty much an ultrabook. Um, okay. Looking at the, um, I'm gonna sort of combine these these these. I'm gonna. Well, let's let's talk about the Wii first, and then let's let's combine the 360, PlayStation 3, and PC talk into one thing because I think there's some interesting trends that we can point out in them. But on the Wii, um, the games are uh, Conduit 2, which was sort of like the 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 Wii shooter. You know, it's like their in their exclusive Wii shooter, and then the Namco Games Mega Mix, uh, which is a collection of uh, arcade games in from the Namco family. Um, then we have the Skylanders again, which Spire's Adventure, which even though it was cross-platform and it worked on Xbox 360, it worked on PlayStation 3, it kind of was sort of made for the Wii. I mean, it, it just seems to work best on the Wii, so I can see why that was there. Then we have Super Mario All-Stars Limited Edition, which is kind of a throwback to classic Mario stuff. And then, of course, we have the we have the Skyward Sword. Um so, um, I don't know, Neil, were, were any of those your reviews? I can't, I can't remember. I, did you look at the, uh, the Namco stuff? Uh, I looked at Namco stuff for 3DS. I don't own a Wii. Okay, okay, so you were on the Namco side. I mean, I, Todd, what do you, what do you think? I mean, do you think that that's pretty much going to be a Zelda, a Zelda it, category? It looks like it's going to be pretty much a wash. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's going to, it's going to be tough. I tell you though, I tell you though, just, um, you know the, the nomination votes, I guess, are secret it, or whatever. But I can tell you that Skylanders is running pretty. Yeah, Skylanders, hot too. <laughs> I've, I've heard a lot of good stuff about. But I look at this list and I'm seeing like, um, like Super Mario All Stars Limited Edition. I played that, 
And it's pretty mm-hmm. much just a, a rehash of uh, Super Mario All-Stars that came out for the Super Nintendo 20 years ago. Yeah, it may be just people like, hey, you know, nostalgia for that old stuff. I mean, nostalgia was hot last year. And if it, they, it still if they made it look like it was on on the Wii, like they did new Super Mario Brothers Wii a few years ago. And I can see okay. that being a potential one. Where they did, is that where they did like kind of what the trend is today where you, you take the older games like from the PlayStation 2 or whatever and then you, you can play them with HD graphics Not and really. stuff it on the new console? It's more like it was rendered in, in two, 2.5D. Oh, okay. I see. Okay. And that makes it, I sense. mean, New Super Mario Bros. worked out pretty good on the Wii when it, when it was released. Mm-hmm. It allowed, also allowed four people to play at the same time, which yeah. I thought wouldn't work out, but it did. It was very, it was a lot of fun. Right. But yeah, the limited right. edition there, like I said, was just a rehash. It didn't even look like it was optimized, and you could probably just buy the games on Virtual Console for cheaper. Mm, okay, interesting. All right, well, let's jump. Uh, oh, you know, I skipped the shooter category, and so let's talk about that one real quick. Um, the shooter category, the nominees are Bulletstorm, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3, Crisis 2, Fear 3, and Gears of War 3. Uh, Neil, do you have any comments on that list? <laughs> yeah, it's a solid list. I just want to bring up a Fear 3. I mean, I love the game. I loved reviewing the game. And I actually believe that this game does, has been overshadowed a lot because yes, it's not it's not as good as Gears Three, it's not as good as Battlefield or Call of Duty, but it's still a very solid title that it's flown under the radar ever since it came out because it's such a solid year of games. What 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 was so great about Fear Three that you liked? I mean, what, what do you think? Why do you think Fear Three deserves to be on that list? I mean, what does it do that's kind of unique? Well, their uh, first person cover system that they instituted that wasn't on the first two. It's very clean, very crisp. All the audio is fantastic. It actually gets back to its fear roots and actually scares you once in a while. And the graphics are just crisp and everything just smooth so uh, smoothly throughout the game. It, you just go from scene to scene to area to area. It, you're not sitting there going, okay, this ain't scary, or, uh, it's really <laughs> well put together, and I think it's, I'm glad it's there. Okay, well, good. Well, Todd, I know that, um, I know that one of the things – well, I, you and I haven't been scared, Todd, playing a shooter since, like, Doom, I think, <laughs> the, uh, the the remake mm-hmm. of Doom, yes. Doom 3. Um, so that will be interesting. I didn't get to play Fear 3 this year, but I, I'm kind of excited. I admit to try I played it, and I, I didn't really care much for it. Just It just felt like okay. a simple type of shooter for me. Well, um, as far as that list goes, I think I think Bulletstorm is the interesting one on there. That was kind of a comical yeah. shooter. Um, Crisis Two, uh, you know, it, it continued where Crisis left off. Um, and you're the guy who plays Gears of War. I know you're a huge fan of Gears of War. Um, I think it's interesting that Battlefield didn't quite make the yeah, list. Yeah, I can hear the fanboys <laughs> crying now. I I, I know <laughs> I know, but um. Of the ones that did make it, um, and just looking at the two that are, you know, the most similar, I guess, would be Call of Duty and Gears of War 3. Well, what, do you, what do you think about those two? I mean, are you going to have a hard time casting? I know you're a huge Gears of War fan and a Modern Warfare fan. So what, what is your thoughts on That's that? That's going to be a toss-up for me because this year Modern Warfare 3 did not exceed my expectations like the first two did. It did, I mean, mm-hmm. but then again, that's the way it usually is when it comes to a trilogy, when you've got a first game that comes out. That, but not, are you saying there was no, like, there, there was no, like, oh, crap moment? There were some, what, what but they weren't have? as uh, memorable as no Russian. Mm-hmm, I mean, sure, it's like sure. the first game comes out, it's phenomenal. Then they try to change, try to make it a sequel by making the second part a story arc. And then the third just builds up mm-hmm. on it. We went through this with Halo. I went through it with Metal Gear Solid. And we're mm-hmm. going through it again with Modern Warfare. And, like, S3 was sort of right. the same way. It was a good way to end the Modern Warfare trilogy, but it was mm-hmm. kind of lackluster in the end. Gears of War 3 right. uh, was also, also was able to to finish the trilogy once and for all, and it actually, the ending on that was more satisfying. 
Right. Okay. Yeah, I know. I've heard. I you know, I I uh, I don't usually play on the 360, but I've heard just about everybody who does talk about um, gears. Yeah. You know, so I'm thinking three was a really good one in the series. So uh, who knows? Maybe that'll get your vote over Modern Warfare. <laughs> It's interesting how that shooter category will play out. Um, moving to the uh, the PC category, which uh, is mostly uh, going to be me and Neil, I think, talking about that. Uh, Bastion, uh, which was uh, kind of came at the end, is sort of like sort of like could be like the Torchlight from the other year, where it's sort of like a you know more indie game that com- comes out and and gets people. Of course, the Star Wars: The Old Republic uh, and MMO, which is uh, I don't know, Todd, you might want to look into that one. I know you hate MMO. But dude, this one is this one's getting some pretty rocking reviews. Um, and then of course, Fear Three is on there again. Skyrim uh, and The Witcher Two: Assassin of Kings, uh, which uh, interestingly enough, did The Witcher make the RPG? No. So The Witcher <laughs> isn't up for the RPG mm. category, but it is up for the um, but it is up for the PC uh, category because it was exclusive on the PC. It's coming out for the 360 yeah. now. Um, but of those, I mean. The different the the Witcher is sort of a different game than Skyrim. I mean, Skyrim's a better game. I mean, by far. Um, but the Witcher's more like because you're on a track, you know, and it's one of those games where, you know, if, if there's a two foot ledge, you know, you can't climb over it. You know, you're stuck there. You know, whereas in Skyrim, you know, pretty much it might be hard to get to, but if you can see something in the distance, you can get to it. You know. And, and the, so that's kind of unique. So I think on the I think on the PC it's probably going to be Skyrim or the Old Republic, um, or you know the the spoiler might be Bastion. I I don't know. Um, we'll we'll have to see how that goes. Um, then the interesting uh, looking at the PlayStation Three, we've got Batman: Arkham City, Deus Ex: Human Revolution, Dungeon Siege Three, Mass Effect Two, and the Rocksmith game. It's interesting that that is the one major category that Skyrim didn't get into. And and Todd, you had a theory about yeah, that. Yeah, because the PS3 version had had the, namely the uh, save game bug, where it started mm-hmm. slowing down. I think after the file got over six megabytes, plus mm-hmm. they while well, the PC and 360 versions were being patched quicker, the PS3 was held back. And of course, angry PS3 fans were um, were throwing fit about that, even going as far as making that fake Pete Hines account where he attacked everyone. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah, I don't know that that may. I mean, that obviously contributed because, like I say, it didn't it didn't make it uh, on the. So I don't think PS3 gamers really embraced it as much as as much as the other consoles, and that's probably because of the the difficulties they had. Yeah, even the 360 one admittedly has some issues. When it first came out, there was oh, a yeah. texture streaming issue if you installed the game on the hard drive. But mm-hmm. I think that's been since resolved. Oh, right. What's well, interesting to see the ones that did make it are uh, Mass Effect Two. Um, which, you know, was exclusive on the Xbox, and then this year came out for the PS3. So, you know, the PS3 gamers were like, wow, we get to play Mass Effect, and you're right, it's really, really good. <laughs> so that was interesting. Um, I thought Dungeon Siege 3 was a really good game. Um, I don't think that was exclusive to the PS3, but I think traditionally the the they have been on the PS3, so I think that that's sort of associated with it. And then, of course, the Batman Arkham City is just a good game. Um, and then, of course, it was interesting to see that Rocksmith uh, was on there again, which uh, also made it in the family thing. I think Rocksmith is a really good game, and I don't know how popular it is as far as sales, but I really hope they continue along that line because it's a lot better to, to, to play that way than to, you know, to play with your plastic guitars. No offense, Todd, on your plastic guitar playing. Mine's not plastic anymore. <laughs> Oh really? It's a wooden replica. 
Oh, okay, okay. Excuse <laughs> me. <laughs> and then we have, uh, of course, the Xbox 360 uh, category. Um, so, Todd, what, looking at that, um, we've got uh, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 3, Gears of War 3, L.A. Noir, uh, Skyrim, and uh, the the one that was like, really? Uh, the Gunstringer. Yeah. Uh, do you think the Gunstringer deserves to be there? I mean, it, it was pretty unique, Yeah, for wasn't a Kinect it? title, it was very unique. I mean... Mm-hmm. It was actually a good connect yeah. title. <laughs> what was it? And, and you were in your review. You were saying it had a lot of like little extra. Yeah, stuff I mean, too. like I said, the um, the one downloadable content, which was produced by Troma Entertainment of all people, I mean, a two mm-hmm. gigabyte parody of Mad Dog McCree beats a, beats a Terminator. <laughs> that just yeah, sounds it, hilarious. It is funny. I mean, it's very basic. I mean, you just use your finger to point it, put your cursor at the target, and then you shoot them. But the mm-hmm. production qualities of it are hilarious. You can actually see the guy being pulled by a string when he gets shot. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Um, of that list, uh, let me let me ask you, Todd, is is L.A. Noir going to tempt you at all? I mean, a couple months ago, everybody was like, L.A. Noir is going to be all everything this year. And now it's like, you know, I wonder if it's going to get anything. I mean, well, what about you? What do you think? Tough one, because as we said, we got Skyrim. Yeah, more mm-hmm. for three and Gears three. It's gonna be it's gonna be a tough call. <laughs> Neil, Neil, do you have any thoughts? I know you you do some Xbox gaming too. And I mean, I think this is actually a really tough category. I mean, it's gonna be hard for me to vote. Uh, I mean, I didn't get a chance to play LA Noir because like right beforehand, I pre-ordered Brink and it was a disaster. So I didn't pre-order another game for a couple months after that. But <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm a huge Gears fan and. I, I may actually stick with Gears on this one, but I'm actually glad to see a Connect title in the running for the uh, award. Yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting because a lot of the times, like when I read your reviews, both of your reviews, and, and if it has to do with a Connect game, it's kind of like, yeah, it's okay, but here are all the problems you're going to have to overcome to play it. And it, it seems like the Gunstringer kind of ignored that and sort of found a way to make it work. Well, so, well, my problems with Connect is medical. Mm, right, right. That's right. I remember your column. A really, really excellent column on that. Um, and uh, Ke- Kelly also has mentioned a few things about the, um, you know, her medical problems and, and her relationship with the Kinect controller. So, so yeah, it's definitely something to consider. All right. So um, final question for you guys. It looks like, um, you know, it's going to be a two part final question. First off, um, do you guys think that the uh, the list that the nominees came up with for the game of the year are are good, a good solid list this year? Uh, anything stick out that you think doesn't um, doesn't belong, or, or or you're surprised to see? And then the second part of the question is uh, game of the year. Game of the year is wide open; it can be any title. Uh, what are you leaning towards uh, voting for uh, for overall game of the year? And we'll start with you, Neil, if that's all right. I mean, I I think it's a really good solid list. I mean. All the games there deserve to be there. I mean, as that's, that's what the people say. As for the game of the year, I'm actually really going to tip my hat to Gears 3. I think because uh, there is a trilogy, it's like a trilogy illness where every game always tends to start out good and just kind of go down the end. And as uh, as I talked to Todd, I mean, I'm anti-Halo all the way to the end for that reason. Mm-hmm. And But Gears 3, they found a way to improve. They found a way to... Uh, uh, reinvent some things, and they found a way to keep moving that story forward with good characters and had a nice solid ending. I that's why I give my edge to. Interesting. Oh. Okay, that's a surprise. That's a surprising choice. Todd, what what do you think about the overall list quality uh, as voted on by 
50, remember, if you say something bad, the 50,000 uh, people who nominate are going to come after you. But other than that, let us know what you think. And then, um, and then, uh, what are you leaning towards? For Does this mean I can repeat my Battlefield comments again? Uh, yeah. Well, you think Battlefield? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm in. I'm surprised by that. I, I fear because mm-hmm. there's a lot of, a lot of fans out there who go off on that and keep attacking Modern Warfare 3 fans because of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you already know my pick for game of the year. I mean, I've already recorded an episode of Gamer Geeks about it. And it was Skyrim, Skyrim yes. Right? <laughs> okay, makes makes sense. Uh, okay, um, and I think that uh, I think that uh, I for one will be uh, very surprised if Skyrim doesn't get Game of the Year. I mean, uh, I mean, you know, it's it's interesting. I mean, Neil has a good point. You know, Gears in there. There are some really good games, and there are, despite its problems, there are a lot of people that really, really loved mm-hmm. La Noire too. So you know, it's it's not like it's. It's not like it doesn't have a chance, so we'll have we'll have to see how that goes. Uh, me personally, I'm probably gonna. I vote for my game of the year. I always vote the same way every year. It's what game took the most time out of me in the year. I say, okay, look at the number of hours spent playing, and that's pretty much solely what I base what I base it on. So, I mean, I guess I'm sort of, um, I guess I'm sort of biased towards longer games because obviously, if a game is really awesome but it's only like three hours, it's not gonna. It's not gonna pull me in. So, you know, based on that, obviously I'm leaning towards Skyrim because, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not 800 hours into it or something, but I'm, I think I'm a good two, three hundred hours into it, and I'm still nowhere close to even solving the thing. So, <laughs> so based on that, it may get Game of the Year for next year, <laughs> but from me, <laughs> which it can't, but it'd be funny. So, um, anyway, let us know what you guys think. Our email address is ginlounge at gameindustry.com, and our Facebook page is facebook.com slash game industry um we also have a twitter feed which is uh, at gin lounge and we would love to uh to hear from you at any of those places um uh gentlemen thank you for joining me today and as far as the uh the game of the year stuff uh, all i can say is what i always say is may the best game win take care everyone